Hello and welcome to the Biomedicine Podcast. I am Mariana Ribeiro, a senior editor for the journal, and I'm joined by Dr. Eddie Pasquier and Dr. Marion Legrand from the Centre de Recherche en Cancerologie de Marseille in France. Dr. Pasquier and Legrand are the senior authors of a recently published paper entitled Combination Drug Screen Targeting Glioblastoma Core Vulnerabilities Reveals Pharmacological Synergisms where they have conducted a multimodal chemogenomic screening approach to uncover targetable vulnerabilities in glioblastoma. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Pasquier and Dr. Lecran. First of all, why did you focus on glioblastoma? So, first, thank you so much for the invitation, Mariana. So, in this study, we decided to focus on glioblastoma because it is the most malignant type of brain cancer. Uh, it has a very poor prognosis with a median survival of 15 months after diagnosis, which makes it a very important clinical challenge and a public health issue. So um, what is important to know is that the current standard of care for glioblastoma patients has been the same for the past 18 years, and it's based on tumor resections when it's possible. And we also use radiotherapy and chemotherapy with a drug called temozolomide. But unfortunately, despite of these different type of treatments, resistance to both treatments, meaning resistance to radiotherapy and chemotherapies, almost always happens. So that is why there is an urgent need to discover new treatments for patients with glioblastoma. You chose an interesting approach for your published work. Before explaining it to us, could you briefly tell us how it can be placed in the classical framework for treatment discovery? So what is important to understand is um, for a very long time, for many years, drug development has been mainly based on one drug for one target in one indications. But it is well recognized that this vision is too simplistic if we want to treat complex diseases like cancers. And we also know that most effective drugs that we currently use in the clinic act on multiple targets instead of a specific and unique target. And we know as well that combination therapy is the most effective strategy if we want to treat cancers, and especially cancer like glioblastoma. However, given the huge number of possible drug combinations, data-driven approaches to find optimal treatments are likely to be the most successful strategy. Uh, people have tried to rationalize drug combinations, but I must say that we've been working in this field for 20 years, and every time we rationalized the combination, it didn't really uh, give us much data. And I think the reason for this is that we still don't understand completely the polypharmacology of drugs. And uh, and I think the best way to identify a synergistic combination still remains to to try them and to test them. And uh, and obviously, like Mario said before, the pharmacology is so huge. There's so many different combinations that we could test. We need biology-driven uh, projects. And so this idea of going and, and identifying the vulnerabilities of your pathology of interest and then designing your drug combination screens from this, I think has a lot of uh, uh, future applications for, for this type of approach. To identify targetable vulnerabilities in glioblastoma, you performed a stepwise chemogenomic screen. Can you explain this approach and what did you find? Yes, of course. So we first started by screening three different commercially available drug libraries, which contain about 2,800 uh, small molecules with a well-annotated pharmacology on three glioblastoma cell lines. 
And this led to the identification of 83 hit compounds that we called uh, glioblastoma killers or GBM killers. And then we performed target deconvolution for all these hits using free uh, chemoinformatic databases in order to list all the known targets and interactors of the hit compounds and therefore exploit their polypharmacology. Uh, doing this, we listed a total of 1,100 different targets and we designed a focused siRNA library to silence the top 300 targets of our GBM killers. We screened this library in the same uh, free uh, glioblastoma cell lines, and this led to the identification of 22 uh, potentially targetable vulnerabilities. And we first evaluated these vulnerabilities with the CRISPR loss of function screen uh, data cohort from the Cancer Dependency Map Project of the Broad Institute. And this allowed us to confirm that nine of those 22 were uh, actually true core uh, glioblastoma vulnerabilities. And how did she use these vulnerabilities as a starting point to identify synergistic combinations of drugs? Then what we did is that we performed a drug combination screen where we used specific inhibitors of those six core of six of the nine core vulnerabilities that we've identified. We, in combination with a focused library of 88 uh, approved drugs or molecule in, uh, in clinical development. So those, uh, this second library, we uh, created it based on the results of the first large-scale library to focus on drugs that we knew would have some kind of efficacy in, in brain tumors. So in total, we tested about 528 pairwise combinations, and this revealed at least two very promising drug combinations, uh, with on one hand the dual inhibition of CHECK1 and MEK, and on the other hand, uh, the dual inhibition of PORA kinases and bed domain uh, proteins. So the synergistic effect of these two combos were confirmed uh, using 3D tumor spheroid models and the dual inhibition of aura kinase A and BET protein uh, was further validated using two uh, innovative ex vivo models where uh, tumor spheroids are implanted into fresh brain slices uh, of mice and their growth is followed by fluorescence for up to three weeks. And finally, we confirmed the, the potential of this uh, combination um, in an orthotopic syngenic mass model of glioblastoma. What are the possible implications of these findings for glioblastoma therapy? So in, um, in our team, uh, what is important to, to precise is we really like to build projects that actually is a basic uh, fundamental uh, discovery can be quickly translated to the clinic. So during this study, we have uh, two main uh, clinical implications from our findings. So first, our result shows that the clinical interest of targeting a protein called RRM1, unfortunately, until now, there is no efficient drugs targeting this protein that can efficiently cross the blood-brain barrier. So to treat patients with glioblastoma, it's a very important issue. So one of the important things, it will be to um, develop new RRM1 inhibitors that can actually cross the blood-brain barrier to be able to treat glioblastoma patients. And secondly, we identified, as uh, Dr. Pasquet just explained to you, the potential of combining alizartib and birabrisib together to treat glioblastoma. And the biggest advantage of this result is based on the fact that both drugs have already been treated and tested in a phase one clinical trials meaning we already know lots of criteria about their drugs and especially about their toxicities, for example. So then our results demonstrating the potential of alizartib in combination with birabrisib 
could be quickly translated to the clinic because they have been already used in human patients. And, and another point as well is um, because we are uh, in a very multidisciplinary team, we are currently working with clinicians as well. So we definitely think that our results could be quickly translated to the clinic because we already have, you know, these clinicians in, in part of our team. So it will make it easier to uh, facilitate and to transfer the result to the clinic. Can you please share some practical tips or technical difficulties that you had to solve to implement this approach? Yes, there, there are several, but there's one in particular that I would like to emphasize is the fact that uh, you can have some off-target effect from uh, sRNA screening. And so uh, what we did was to use this um, uh, cancer dependency map a project from the Broad Institute to confirm using a different technology. In this case, it's a CRISPR loss of function uh, data set to make sure that the results from the sRNA um, uh, screening were actually true. Because at some point in our uh, sRNA screen, one of the top targets were, was the histamine receptor number one. And we were really excited when we got this and we started a whole a new project with like a screening of um, about 20 different histamine uh, receptor antagonists, which led us nowhere. And uh, in the end, when we cross-evaluated the data, we realized that this was probably a, a, side, a an off-target effect of the sRNA and was not confirmed using the CRISPR. So I would say that to make sure that you're you know, working on a target that's really relevant, we have this amazing uh, luck to have access to this incredible data sets of the depth map. And I would strongly recommend people to use it to, to basically cross-evaluate their, their results. And I think another point as well, we could probably pop up here. It's when you publish a paper, it's very difficult to know, you know, how long it, it takes to have this data and to be able to, to write these papers because we have no idea about all of that. But what is important to know is when we decided to do this uh, drug combination uh, study with, uh, you know, like uh, doing this, uh, this big drug screening in combination directly, it only took us uh, around three months as far as we decided to focus on this drug combination to be able then to validate in two or three different kind of, uh, of models. So we, we tried to emphasize that on, on the paper, like it was very quick and very fast, but it's very hard to, to be able actually to know uh, uh, how quick it was. And so definitiv definitively it was a very good strategy to be able to, to discover a very important drug combination and then to be able to quickly uh, validate in different models. And so I think it's an important point to, to note. CRISPR data that we tried to generate ourselves was not so clear, but we still tried with the combination screening and so on. And from the moment we decided to cross-evaluate our data with DepMap and focused on the nine vulnerabilities, like Marion said, it took us only six months to finish off the study with all the screenings. So the 528 uh, drug combinations we tested and the two ex vivo models and the in vivo model. So it was at the end, it went really, really, really fast, which was good. What are the future steps for this research? There are several um, consequences to this work. The first one, obviously, would be to try to set up a clinical trial to target those two vulnerabilities together, or arcanase A and, and uh, the bed proteins. So uh, we hope that we we're going to be able to, to, to transform that. And also, the, the whole point of this study was to make a proof of concept, to demonstrate that if we were to design uh, drug combination screens based on vulnerabilities that we have validated uh, beforehand, we would be able to identify new synergism for very hard to treat cancers. So 
one thing that we're doing right now, our team is actually focusing mostly on childhood cancer. So we're expanding that approach to uh, pediatric cancers and in particular to neuroblastoma and, and uh, brain tumors of, of children. And uh, another um, and, and another extension that we're doing right now is that we are developing um, innovative over libraries. And especially we are developing right now uh, a metabolism-driven library to try to see if we could find combination of drugs that uh, modulate the metabolism on one hand and can increase the efficacy of either standard of care or um, drugs that are currently in development from the for the treatment of these pathologies we work on. Thank you for joining me. That was uh, Dr. Eddie Pasquier and Dr. Marion Ocran from the Centre de Recherche en Cancerologie de Marseille.